Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. Your Knicks, Tony, have won six in a row. What's the word for how you're feeling right now? And Tony Kornheiser, confused? Do you know how many championships the Knicks have won all time? A couple. Two. Yeah. Yeah, two. And the last one was 50 years ago. More than 50 years ago. I started the to call you won last won. night when they were beating Boston. Rangers but I'm like, Tony would have given up. He would have said, we're Nets not going to win. Two. You're more fatalistic yeah. than Stephen A. The two of you, you kill me. Yeah. You know, the Knicks, the Knicks are a tough watch for me these days. You know, bring back Clyde. Bring back Willis. Yeah, Clyde. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. Today's episode, the sortie tour starts slow. Dan Snyder wants protection, and the Packers GM has not yet spoken with Aaron Rodgers. But we begin today with multiple reports that LeBron James will miss at least a couple of weeks due to a foot injury suffered in Sunday's comeback win over Dallas. The Lakers had won the first two of what LeBron called 23 of the most important regular season games of his career, and they have 21 left. Wilbon, where does this leave the Lakers and the rest of the league? Outside looking in, Tony, in terms of the Lakers, and, and I, I certainly, and I said this to you, you and I, of course, talked about this most of the, much of the weekend off air about LeBron and making the playoffs, and we're both rooting for this, and we both think that basketball and sports and sports talk, all of it is better for having LeBron, and now we don't have him. Yes. And, Tony, given that they were going to be in a pinch to make the playoffs with LeBron playing at the crazy level he was playing at 38 years old, where he's averaging nearly 30 points and eight or nine assists and eight or nine rebounds. It's, it's, it's insane the way he's playing. Well, if, if, you're, if you're struggling to make the playoffs with that incredible contribution, how do you make it without that? And I, I just don't see that, even though the roster's better. So where does it leave the league? I think we would have talked about this and LeBron and these games and trying to make the playoffs and trying to get from eighth to sixth to whatever every day. In this sprint, this Usain Bolt sprint to the end of the regular season, and now we don't have that. I think, I think sports is lesser for not having one of the great competitors and winners of all time. Yeah, so I will deal with the league question. Where it leaves the league is the league will survive. LeBron James didn't make the playoffs last year, and amazingly, they started the NBA season on time. Now, what is true is that LeBron is the biggest draw in the league, and Steph Curry is the second biggest draw in the league. And if you don't have LeBron for television ratings, because he moves the needle, the television ratings sink. And if the Golden State Warriors make it and go out quickly and you lose Curry, then the television ratings plunge. Where this leaves the Lakers, and you and I may argue about this, we don't know, there is no definitive word on when the guy is coming back. Could be two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, or it could be an hour and a half. I mean, we really don't know. It has not Not been posted yet as to what's going on. Every single time LeBron is in the game, the Lakers have a chance to win. If you didn't believe it before, you had to believe it after they beat Dallas. But you and I seem to differ on this. You seem to think this is a league where 20 of 30 teams make the playoffs, the largest number of teams in all of sports. And you seem to think that the playoffs is if you're in the sixth spot or better. Whereas to me, if you're in the 10th, and if he misses 10 of 21 games, they can still be in the 10th spot. You have a chance because you're in the play-in. You're in the playoffs. No, Tony, okay, that's very optimistic. You've turned into such an optimist. I don't know what's happened to you the last few years. You raise a good point. But, Tony, I don't know that they can get to that. They're 12th. They were just 13th, and now they don't have him. So who are they going to pass? Who are they going to catch? 
Who would they beat in the play-in? <clears throat> well, I, 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 I'm not as optimistic, okay. I think. And I hear you. I hear you. Maybe I'm being too pessimistic today. Well, here's my worry. the notion Here's my worry, gone. Mike. My worry is that Anthony Davis, with LeBron out, will try to carry the team, will go down in a heap, and he won't come back for the playoffs. LeBron will. Yeah. And he won't come back for the playoffs. And then they're sunk. Because in the playoffs, yeah. you need both they those are. guys. You yeah. need them both. Uh, I just, it just, it's just bad news. Bad news for people who like to watch <laughs> basketball. If you love to watch basketball, you love to watch LeBron. And he's not, he's not there. Let's move to two new reports on Dan Snyder and the potential sale of the Washington Commanders. The Washington Post, our old employer, confirms that Snyder is currently blocking Jeff Bezos from making a bid and also that he has demanded that fellow NFL owners indemnify him against future liabilities. That's especially pertinent given Don Van Natta's report that federal prosecutors are looking into possible financial misconduct by Snyder. Tony, given all of this, could you see any scenario in which Snyder holds on to the commanders? Well, I mean, first of all, I completely understand, as you would completely understand, why he doesn't want to sell to Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. Snyder hates reading about himself in the Washington Post. But there is a position where he could swallow hard when Bezos offers him $2 billion more than anybody else, <laughs> and he could yeah. take the money. I think the larger issue here is that Dan Snyder has no support among owners whatsoever. Right. He lost a bunch of owners when it was reported that Snyder allegedly hired private investigators to dig up dirt on some people. And now he wants complete indemnification. You say, indemnification for, for what? And more owners don't want that. And I can imagine, and so can you, Roger Goodell sitting in his office just praying that Snyder sells and you can get all this antagonism out. But you know, Mike, I've always believed he doesn't want to sell. I've always believed this is his identity. He'd like to take on minority partners. He doesn't want to sell more than 49% of his team in all probability. And I'd always thought, Mike, to get him to sell, he'd be, he'd be dragged out kicking and screaming. And it even feels like we're in that stage now of kicking and screaming. Yes. Yes, but, Tony, they can kick him out while he's kicking and screaming. Because once you get to the point That's right. where you're going to get three-quarters vote, and by the way, you've angered all the owners, even some of those, and we hear this, you and I hear this stuff all the time, that were on his side. Even the last few holdovers who might have had his back said, what? You're threatening to dig up dirt, and now you want indemnification, yeah. and you reportedly went out and borrowed $55 million, and yes, Roger Goodell signed on the dotted line, but what about the partners that you had? Tony, there's too much working against him. And just as I told you with, I don't know, sort of arrogance at one point, that Robert Sarver was going to be forced out, I'm saying that Dan Snyder's going to be forced out, to meaning to okay. sell. He's not going to be there. I'm telling you a story. not going to support this. He's losing the money. He's a liability. No chance, <clears> no <throat> hope. I'm going to take 25 seconds and tell you a story. There's a road I go on almost every day in Chevy Chase, Maryland, Brookville Road. And there's a sign on a guy's house. It's sort of like shaped like a flag. It's small. It's into the ground. It's in the colors of burgundy and gold. It has the logo that we all recognize, but we can no longer talk about. And simply in gold letters, it says, sell the team. And everybody knows what that means, and everybody knows who's it's, who it is directed at. He has no support in the community. None. None. There's, nobody will say, give him another chance. Nobody right. will say it. And we it's move over. on. It's done. This past weekend, the Saudi tour held its opening event of its second season. 
was in Mexico, and it went head-to-head on television with a PGA Tour event in Florida, the Honda Classic. The Saudi Tour ratings on the CW were approximately one-tenth of the PGA ratings, and the Honda Classic had a really weak field. Wilbon, how concerned should the Saudi Tour be about the start of this season? Not at all. I mean, what did they expect? I thought 291,000 people, that's the raw number approximately, that watched that. I would expect about 10% of what was watching the PGA with no field. That's what I'd expect. I know how to find the CW. I'll find it the next tournament. I guess it's in a couple of weeks, Tony. And, you know, it's going to be fits and starts. We've seen this. This can be new to people who are 40 years old. It's not new to people like us who've seen rival leagues come in and have varying degrees of success, whether it's the AFL, when we were both little kids and littler kids, and they were able to hold on and force a full merger with, like, I don't know how many teams are left from the old AFL, like 14 of them or something like that. We saw the ABA, which still has the Nuggets and the Nets and the Pacers and the Spurs. We saw them be able to force some inclusion. And then other things have, like, looked like clown shows. And to me, those XFL things look like clown shows to me. So... So the the Saudi tour, they have enough money to be in it for the long haul, Tony, if they want to. So the TV ratings, let's see where they go after 291,000 people. I thought I thought that was pretty decent. So I will say this, that I've always believed this, that to be on American television, not to be on YouTube, to be on American television, which you can access on a number at that point, is a big win for the Saudi tour. But. When you've got Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson and Brooks Kepka and Patrick Reed and Bubba Watson and, uh, and Cam Smith and Sergio Garcia and Bryson DeChambeau out there against a, a field at the Honda where it's Chris Kirk and Eric Cole, who nobody's ever heard of, and you get one-tenth, I don't think that's necessarily a big hit. And I watched. Like, I watched for three different days parts of both golf telecast. And honestly, I got lost in, in the Saudi tour telecast. We're on a show where on the right-hand side of the screen, there's a crawl and people know what's going on. There was so much junk and so much clutter and so much north-south movement and teams and you didn't know what hole anybody was on. And it got to me very confusing. And one other thing, they were wearing shorts. I know this yes, is idiotic like to say, but it was, huh? I didn't. It was disconcerting. It was you disconcerting to me. What are you talking about, dude? I'm you not on television shorts. playing golf. I'm not well, a you pro. you have been, actually. I'm a dope. But, Tony, Tony take, they got to get well, better at the television. They got to get better at the product. They do. But they can change stuff oh. every week. And by <laughs> the way, don't, we may have stuff on one side and on the bottom. Many shows on this quality network have stuff squaring the, the, the competitors, the, the, the talent. So come on now. I didn't understand the teams. I didn't understand where it was going. I didn't know what holes the players were on. I, they I got to get they better. Would, they would they show pictures. Better. They would show pictures of people in their own homes. Some guy in his den <laughs> took a picture of himself <laughs> watching it, and they put it on TV with a message. It's called the like pandemic. That feels amateurish to me. Let's take a break. Coming up, Connor McDavid achieved a significant milestone last night. But did the Bruins do something bigger? And one college outfielder makes two catches that are so good, we're going to pit one against the other in toss-up. Stuff on the screen. So like, really? Really? A you guy, go a guy would send something in. I'm Billy. I'm watching. I'm watching. What's up? <laughs> 
and they'd say, here's Billy. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It's time for toss-up. Two men enter, one man leaves, finishes the show, dances like no one is watching, and loves like he's never been hurt. Do I sound young? Huh? What's first? Toss-up, bigger deal from last night. Connor McDavid getting 50 goals or the Bruins winning again. Bruins win all the time. It's a nice win. It's on the road. But Edmonton is a sixth-place team, and the Bruins are setting records. The answer is Connor McDavid. I didn't know this, Mike. I assume Connor McDavid, since he's led the league in scoring five times, had been to 50 goals three or four yeah. times. He's Agreed. never been to 50 goals. First since time. 2012... Since 2012, there have been only 10 50-goal seasons. And Alexander Ovechkin, who people can see over my shoulder, has five of them. Connor McDavid is only the fourth guy to get there in the last 11 years. I was really surprised at that. Yeah, Tony, I, I am too. And, and, and that underscores sort of we talk about the NBA increase in scoring, the scoring explosion. The NHL's got one too, not as dramatic. But, Tony, the answer to the question is the Bruins winning? Because that matters. Not the Dave McDavid. Look, I love watching Connor McDavid. I do. I mean, to me, right. I'd rather watch him than anybody else in the league by a lot. But the Bruins, Tone, they got to stay ahead. I know the Bruins are having a historic season, but I think five they of are. the next six teams chasing them, they're all in the East. And they got the Rangers, among others, that are chasing them. They're going to need to go into the playoffs playing well and with some sort of momentum and with points. You don't want anybody catching you, even though that's going to be hard. So I'm going to say the Bruins, because they're playing games that need to be won. Really? Actual games, not okay. just records. I'm going the other way. I'm going the other way. But you know, that the more I, I think about McDavid. it, it's possible that living in Washington, D.C. and watching Ovechkin for so many years, I just got spoiled. I got spoiled. Yeah. What's next? Toss-up. How do you like your home run robberies? Over a tall wall or over a short wall? All right, the, the same guy brings back two home runs from over the wall. His name is Drew Bianco. He's in his graduate year at the University of Houston. He played four years at LSU, a great baseball program. His dad, uh, Mike Bianco, is the head coach at Ole Miss, so I think it's fair to ask why he's not playing for the old man. Uh, I'll make this very simple. The catch oh! on the tall wall is great. 
But on the short wall, he goes over the wall into the bullpen, holds on to the ball, and makes the out. And then it's such a nice touch. He comes out through the door on the bullpen. Uh, That's just too great for me. You would think it'd be the tall wall, but the short, because you can be, I mean, you can be Muggsy Bogues and get up over the small wall. I'll grant you that. This guy, obviously, I don't know about the rest of his credentials or if he's a five-tool player, but he got one tool. He can go get it. You think that somebody might be able to use that in the late innings. Tony, it's so cool because it reminds me of my youth, my childhood, where everybody seemed to have a small wall either in left or right, and people went flying over the wall and broke things. Wasn't there a Yankee named Tommy Tresh who broke something going over a small wall? Seemed like he did that again. Oh, he was a shortstop? Then maybe he didn't go over the left field wall. If he's a well, shortstop. he was a shortstop by trade, but he played, probably played some outfield yeah. as well. But that's how they built ballparks then. That's how ballparks were built. Wow. That's, that's it. That's a wow. Let's take one Small last wall. break. Still to come, the Packers have yet to speak with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, good sign or bad sign. Aaron Rodgers dominating Good PTI. sign for this show. Because we ain't unlike other shows discussing that wall to wall, short or tall. Marcus Mariota. Needs a gig. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Sorry, not this show. You can find that everywhere else on. Happy time, people. Happy 50th birthday, Eric Lindros. Lindros was the overall number one pick in the 1991 draft by Quebec, but he didn't want to play for the owner there, and eventually Quebec traded Lindros to Philadelphia. Lindros was an immediate star for the Flyers, where he spent the prime of his career. Six-time All-Star, and he won the Hart Trophy in 1995. Lindros was mentioned in the same sentences as Lemieux, Yager, Fedorov, Hall, and Messier. But Lindros took a big hit from Scott Stevens of New Jersey in the 2000 playoffs. He caused a concussion, and his career was never the same. He had 372 goals, 865 points, and he's in the Hall of Fame. But there's a sense Lindros was robbed of his full measure. Tony, you talk about a guy who personified the nickname Golden Boy. I mean, just look. Remember when Lindros came in the league and what he looked like and how big and strong and tough and invincible he seemed. But that hit with Scott Stevens. I mean, I, you know, I I still feel bad. I feel like we were robbed. We, as consumers of sport, are robbed when a great player doesn't get all the way there. And like you, I felt Lindros didn't get as far as he might have otherwise. Happy anniversary, John Morant. On this day last year, the Grizzlies' young star point guard annihilated the Spurs with a series of jaw-dropping plays, including a breakaway dunk on Jakob Pertl and a mid-air catch-and-shoot to end the first half. Morant scored a career-high 52 points, including 34 points in the paint, fifth-highest points in the paint any NBA player produced in the last 25 years. Memphis is currently second in the Western Conference. Their home win over Denver last Saturday was their first win against a top-four team in either conference since January 18th. Memphis only 5-10 and 10 in the last 15. They host the depleted Lakers tonight. Two teams where you want some famous old player that guys would listen to, they probably don't listen to anybody, to walk into a locker room and say, hey, shut up and grow up are the Dallas Mavericks. And I'm not talking about Kyrie. I'm talking about the existing Dallas Mavericks around Luka and Memphis. Immaturity will get you nothing. Shut up, play, and grow up. Memphis, Dallas. Happy trails, Marcus Mariota. The Falcons have released the former Heisman Trophy winner who was brought in to replace Matt Ryan. 
Mariota had 15 touchdowns and nine interceptions in 13 games where the Falcons went five and eight. Mariota was the number two overall pick in the 2015 draft by Tennessee. He's the second number two pick to be dumped in 24 hours. Carson Wentz, who went number two overall in 2016, was released by Washington yesterday. Mitch Trubisky, who your Bears traded up to get Ooh. at number two in 2017, is a backup in Pittsburgh. And Zach Wilson, who went number two to the Jets in 2021, is waiting to see who takes his job, Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr. Mom, I don't let your child grow up to be a number two pick in the NFL draft. Just skip a couple of spots. I would say that. Happy trails. We have a bonus happy trails here to the Chicago Blackhawks for Patrick Kane. Chicago is sending their longtime star to the Rangers for second and fourth in this year's draft. The Blackhawks selected Kane with the first pick in the 2007 draft, and they got back 16 seasons, nine All-Star games, three Stanley Cups, and a Hart Trophy as league MVP in 2016. 34-year-olds in his final season of the contract, 16 goals, 29 assists in 54 games, joins a Rangers team that's 34-17-9 in sixth place in the Eastern Conference. Wilbon, he's your boy. How do you feel about this? Tony, I know nothing lasts forever, and I'm grateful to Patrick Kane. Jonathan Taves, too, and that whole group. Patrick Kane's my favorite player ever of all time. Delivered three championships to Chicago, a couple of which I got to see in person sitting near the ice. He he had to go, but it's just thank you for everything, Patrick Kane. Birthday twin, by the way. Two omissions. Bill's defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, stepping away for next season. Kevin Durant yeah. expected to make his son's debut tomorrow night. We yes, are sir. almost out of time, so let's rush to the Let's do finish. it. Dodgers shortstop Gavin Lux out for the season with a torn ACL in his right knee. That's significant. He was going to take over that position, and now there's no Trey Turner. This is a big seismic move. Packers GM Brian Gutekind says he has not yet talked with A-Rod, and all options are on the table. What does that mean? means we're being held hostage all year by him. Iowa junior Caitlin Clark told Dan Patrick she might play two more college seasons. You surprised? NIL and sold-out crowds? Why should she leave there? She'll make more money there than the, the WNBA, probably. The Zags drew Timmy tells the athletic he will not use this COVID year. Back with the Zags. That makes sense? He's good enough to play in the NBA. Last one. North Carolina beat Florida State last night. Big deal? All Carolina wins are a big deal right now. We're out of time. We'll try and do better the next time. Kirk Taylor, call me, huh? Call me, Kirk Taylor. Same time tomorrow, you knuckleheads. You can get the podcast on the app or Apple Podcasts. And now, here's SportsCenter.